Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 3. I'm Brandon C. McClure, once again, of the Fake Nerd Podcast, once again joined by my good friend, Cookie, from Just a Little Podcast. How are you, sir? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. How are you? Doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm happy to be doing this. Our, you know, our, our schedule is always so hectic when it comes to this show specifically, but uh, I'm, I, I, look, I look forward to it almost as much as I look forward to watching a new episode of Star Trek Picard. Well, that I appreciate that. That puts me at a high pedestal, so I I am thrilled. Likewise, as well, I enjoy literally enjoy talking to, about Star Trek with you. So, so today we're talking about episode five. Yes, imposters. Uh, we are halfway through the season now. Um, real quickly, it's directed by Dan Liu with uh, writing credits going to Cindy Apple and Chris Derrick. Now, do you know if Dan Liu has done anything before? I, I saw the name pop up, and it looked familiar to me, but I don't recall if I've seen anything of their work. Oh, I'm sure he's been around the TV sphere. Let me let me check him out real quick. Because I will say, if this is their Star, at least Star Trek dic, like dictatorial debut, or I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, if this is their debut with Star Trek alone, and they haven't done anything else, wow. So, for... They did a short. They directed a short film called West Side Swarty. Okay. Funny. Um, they did episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, mm-hmm. uh, Shadow and Bone. Ooh. Their Star Trek debut was Star Trek: Strange New Worlds with one episode. Okay. Uh, they directed Memento Mori. Which episode was that again? Memento. Um, to deal with a malevolent force. That oh, is this the first Gorn episode? I don't think so. Maybe not. Okay. Um, but this is their first time on Picard. This this episode and the next one are the first time on Picard. Wonderful. So they've been around the TV block before. Sweet deal. Um, but what do you think about this? So I I really enjoyed this episode a lot. It it it's still it's growing, and we're getting to that point where okay, the growth needs to now shrink, not expand. Right. We but need to start. We need yeah. to start moving. Yes. And that's that's where I am very, very worried. But like you said, since uh, Dan is record or is doing this one and he's doing the next one, I am happy that he has the ability to hopefully conclude his little arc in directing and push the story along in the correct direction. But overall, I enjoyed it. You make a good point. This feels like a part one. Yes, very much so. Yeah, um, you make a really good point there. And uh, in a, in a, in a story that is sectioned off in 10 parts because you know in the beginning of the episode it's always like part this part that part that mm-hmm. um this feels like a part one and and we'll get to like the 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 what i think is probably the best part of the episode um soon but what i think is really worrying i'll say is that we didn't learn any new information in this episode <sighs> correct right and yes you're right all they did was expand on the mysteries of what are already mysteries they just and, kept going and they on. just catch up all it does is all this episode does is catch up picard and Riker to where the audience already was yeah because we've been following raffi and wharf correct so coming out of this episode i was like uh-oh are yeah. we are we getting to the point where we're going to start losing momentum i think that the next episode will fix it because 
the way this episode ends sets up some things that we'll talk about. Um, but I think we need to talk about the elephant of the room. Yes. Yes. They, they, they surprised us by bringing back another next gen alum that was not on the poster. Correct. Ro Laren. I was, I was so happy. I know we talked about it before and I was like, I just hope they bring, she just has to have her earring on. That's it for me. She needs to have her earring. And I think that was the, almost like they were playing poker. Like the, the writers and director were playing poker with Ro because we're on this, this hunt of, okay, we have the changelings, changelings on board. And now we have this person who's now coming on. I'm saying person because at the time we don't know who she is. Yeah. We're having this person come aboard by shuttle rather than getting beamed on, which was like a, a red alert for me saying, Changeling, uh-oh, what's going on here? Sure, yeah. Seeing her without the earring, that just, I was like all over the place. So I want to I I mention one thing because I'm superficial and sometimes I nitpick. Um, her nose ridges did not look good. Um, no, they didn't. They they didn't. But I I could care for me. I could care less about that because it didn't take away from the story. No, absolutely. I just, Sometimes I just forgot she had them because yeah. the 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 way the show is lit. It's it, I mean it's a darkly lit show. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's just kind of like especially when they're in the ten forward bar that they just can't get rid of. Um, it's it's almost like they disappear. Almost like they're drawn on with pen rather than a prosthetic. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a reason for it. I mean, nobody nobody goes out to do to make a bad product. Like, I'm sure maybe that she was just not comfortable with, the, with a with a heavier prosthetic, or that was budgetary constraints. I don't know because mm-hmm. the there is a Bajoran on the bridge. On the, the bridge, Bajoran yes, there is. Who has a really defined uh, yeah. nose ridge? So I was surprised, but mm. still, I was. I was unfortunately spoiled by Michelle Forbes' appearance, uh, just, like hours before I was going to sit down to watch the episode. But to see Ro Laren again, and I got to tell you, Cookie, this is days after I just watched her final episode on The Next Generation. Oh, so like I had that in my mind so as I was coming, ready in there, and like I'm coming into this, and I'm like, and like Picard's face. The when once you get over the shock of seeing Michelle Forbes as Rolaren again, you start to notice what the actors are doing in response to seeing her again. Picard, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, delivers some of the best facial acting I've seen him do in the show up yes. to this point. Because the rage in his face as as he sees her, the shock and rage, and then Riker just like, Ro, <laughs> the f- what? It's like all of all of Picard's like lovers are are coming to haunt him type of thing. It's it was kind of funny. Like when I saw her, I was I was shocked. And exactly what you saw, like I saw pure rage in Picard's face, and then Riker's comedic relief just like lifted my spirits just a little bit enough to get over that hump of yeah. shock. I like Riker because he's just like, look, that was 30 years ago. Yeah, like, get over it, man. <laughs> um, and he's like, because, like, Riker gets it. Like, Riker's like, he, he, you're not upset that she betrayed Starfleet. You're upset that she betrayed you. Yeah. That and was your... He, yeah. he has to... Picard has to work himself to that moment, which he finally does. But Riker sees... Riker's so good in the season. He clocks it immediately. He knows exactly what... He clocks the kid immediately. He clocks it a rage to row immediately. He's just like, I get it. Yeah. I know exactly what you're feeling. And Picard's like, 
<laughs> for sure. It yeah, it was so great. Um, I think that when oh, did your laundry machine just turn on? No, my wife just opened up the garage downstairs, so I didn't want oh, to I vibrate it's, through. It's fine. Um, so so Roe actually also has a um thematic appearance. I don't know if you caught this. Um, because when we see um when when we first when when Shaw gets a ship back, by the way, I love Captain Shaw. Just in love with that man. <laughs> Getting better. Getting better. He's, Getting better. He's so he's so ready for them to be off his ship. He's just like, just get I'm off. So I'm so glad that we can go back to normal now. Yes. That, that weird thing with the changeling was so weird, but get off my ship. Let me just go do my job. Um, but he has this moment where um where where what was I saying about about this before I talked about Shaw? You're He's just so good. Um <laughs> Oh, oh, um, after Shaw gets the ship back, after the command to the ship re- returns, Picard says to 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 Riker and Seven, like, okay, I'm gonna take the brunt of this. I'm gonna take the brunt of this. Um, I can be very persuaded, persuasive. I this could be fine. And he goes to talk to Beverly and Jack immediately and says, Look, Starfleet's coming. I think I can smooth this out, but you know, this is going to be this is gonna be a bit of an ordeal. Yes. But he has a he has a talk with Jack where he's like, you know. If you don't want to do this anymore, a lot of rebels find their way to Starfleet and can, you know, and find very valuable lives in Starfleet, you know, trying to push Jack to Starfleet. Jack, the reason why Roe endeared Picard in the first place was because Roe felt so much like Picard as a child. Mm -hmm. Roe was very much, if you remember in the first, in her first episode, aptly titled Ensign Roe, the, uh, Roe was very much got a uh, got a chip off the block. Uh, uh, you know, she's off just like um, yeah. off her shoulder. She's just like, you know, I, Starfleet doesn't like me. I don't like Starfleet. You know, I'm a Bajoran and nobody cares about the Cardassians trying to wipe out my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so to have that kind of like thematic parallel of J- Jack being like, I don't want to join your Starfleet. And then Roe shows up who betrayed yeah. the Starfleet ideals. Exactly. Uh, was actually pretty interesting of yes. a thematic uh, of a thematic through line. Absolutely, I, I definitely agree, and I, I it it was done so well and done on purpose and intentional. Like it didn't seem like it was forced. It just seemed like this was meant to be. That at this very moment in time, you have like opposite sides of the coin being right there, and it was it was really interesting, really cool. Also, how did you feel about both the ships just? getting this beautiful view of the the size difference in these ships and how magnificent they were. Cookie, I love starships. <laughs> I know you do. I love starships. I am a star. I, I Ship porn. Ship porn is my favorite thing in the world when Star oh, Trek, man. when Star Trek does it. And I think the, the intrepid, the intrepid. Yes. Yeah. Intrepid. Um, when it shows up, I'm not crazy about the design of the ship because I find the the star drive section to be weird. That that's okay. a weird thing to do. Um, but to just you know, we we went from a show. We went from a. I don't know if you remember season one very well, but the end of season one of this show. This this show was the was. 30 of the same exact ship showing up at the end and yeah. them being like, Hey, we did it. Correct. And we got, we went from that to 
the next season, which introduced, which reintroduces a bunch of starships from the past and designs a couple of new ones that we that we get glimpses of, like the Stargazer. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And then int- includes ships from the video game Star Trek Online. And that's really cool. And now we're here where we just get like a full on just two new starships. These are just two <laughs> new brand new starships right out yeah. right out the line. I'm like, this is cool. It was it, like instantly when I saw that, I'm like, Brandon must be smiling from ear to ear right now. Just in like, <sighs> I could just say this all day. I also want to just say I really like their uh, their warp nacelles. Yes, yes, I think the design of the warp nacelles are really cool. Yes, they, um, this whoever is designing these ships should really get like a raise because they're doing a good job. In my I opinion, be- I believe it is. I believe it is Dave Blass who is the production designer in cooperation with John Eaves, who is Star Trek royalty. Honestly, he designed Deep Space Nine. Um, okay, and. Uh, I have his book somewhere, actually. I have, like, the art of John Eaves, but the Star Trek <laughs> art of John Eaves. It's really cool. Um, yeah, he did, and he designed the Enterprise E and, like, all, all sorts of ships. And I think he even designed some of the ships for Star Trek, Star Trek Online. But there's there's something that I think was really smart when Star Trek Picard Season 3 was in production. And they told us, hey, we, we're, we can't keep this a secret anymore. We got the original cast coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, God, they announced that so long ago. Um, right. We knew that was happening before the second season was over. Yes, because they had <laughs> what was it? Um, there was like a panel that they had. It was like Star Trek Day, I think. Yeah, Star Trek Day with the panel and everything. Yes. Yeah, and then so 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 they so they did that, but then they told us that actually not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera, a bunch of people who worked on Star Trek the original series and Next Generation are coming back. Yes. Um, and so like that's why the the guy who designed the Batleth uh, designed Worf's uh, sword. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about the Intrepid and the Titan a lot, but I want to quickly talk about Captain Shaw, um, who doesn't get a lot of play this week, but mm-hmm. at first, the first time I watched the episode, I thought it was a character regression because after all that he's been through with these crew, I thought he was finally like, all right, I get it now. Mm-hmm. But no. And then I, but then I, but, but, but he's like really, you know, he's humming in the turbo lift and he's ready to, and he's like, he's so hey. happy. <laughs> and so like what I thought was a character regression, I falsely, I falsely uh, thought that a character regression was actually just him. Just like, I don't want, I don't want this. I didn't want this when you guys showed up on my ship. I was happy to help get the hell off my boat. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he's just ready for them to leave. And, um, but when Rose, like, we're going to charge you guys with treason. Even I was like, hang on. Treason? <laughs> it's a big jump. Yeah, it's a really big jump. They stole a starship. Yeah. That's not treasonous. But then Roe. I want to talk about Roe's stuff a little, a little later, actually. Because we let's move to Rafi and Worf. Sounds good. Which for me, I will say this was kind of like cliche in a sense. Sure. I just for for the Rafi and the Worf, I just while I liked, I love seeing Worf on camera. I love him. I love the way that he did this Matrix move was just, oh, one hand behind the back. And he's just whipping his, oh, so fantastic. Yeah. But it just, it felt very much like cliche for me. It, it needed something, some other element that was not going to be foretold. I don't know if you felt that way. 
I did. Okay. I did. I I do think that having Worf there gives Rafi's plotline something extra mm-hmm. that is that was needed when Worf showed up. And it could just be because I like Michael Dorn. Um, and I'm just happy to see Michael Dorn be Worf again. For sure. Uh, um, but it's... Again, it goes back to we didn't learn anything new here. Yeah. Like, not really. Oh, we know how they got into Daishim Institute, but really, did we need to know that? Mm-hmm. The, the, it just kind of felt like we were spinning our wheels. And that's not to say there isn't good stuff in it, because I think the Vulcan gangster is brilliant. I think that that's, that's so such cool. a cool idea. Using logic was epic. When he's like, uh, uh, Utopia needs crime, so a criminal <laughs> empire is, is logical. Yes. Um, so good that man is brilliant as that vulcan um i i i could do a sh- i could have a show with him um <laughs> just him i want to show with it just him too late though yeah i know um <laughs> that's the thing we need another star trek show set after picard season three on the titan okay yes. real quickly i'm gonna pitch you my star trek season my star trek show real quick okay All let's right? go <clears throat> i want this on record in case it happens <laughs> so the Titan, I think, is a great ship, and I think should be the setting for an, for a show set after Star Trek Picard, set in twenty four oh two, the year that the, the the show would be. And it's a little bit more episodic, a little bit more Strange New Worlds, less Picard Discovery, um, but still have an overarching season if you want. I think Strange New Worlds has an overarching yeah. season, uh, but it's far more episodic, and it's not. Shaw as the captain as much as I would like him to be the captain of that ship still it's not him as the captain it is seven as the captain with Rafi as her first officer oh oh I that would never happen well but think about it think how cool that would be it would be a a gay couple not just front and center of a Star Trek show but the captain and first officer of the ship that creates some juicy drama. It would. It would create ext- too much, I would say. Juicy. Juicy. Not too much. Juicy. That, the Starfleet would never allow two lovers to be, like, captain and subordinate. That, Why that, not? No. Why not? It, it just it, – it would go against everything they believe. Not everything they believe. No, not everything. But it would go against, like, their, their beliefs of – no, I it couldn't. I don't know, man. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be really good. I mean, we've we've never seen that dynamic before, and I think it'd be really interesting to explore. And you can you can create something. You can create a plot line where it's like, oh, they're not a couple now, but Seven needs a first officer, so she picks Raffi because you can pick your first officer. You're not assigned a first officer. Very true. But all right, I guess Archer. He had Archer and Paul. Yes, Paul and Archer are not a couple. I know, but they 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 fooled around a little bit from time to time. No, they didn't. Trip and T'Pol were a couple. Be, yeah, but not before don't Archer take a, had a moment. Don't take away Trip and T'Pol from me. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, would it be cool? I definitely think so, and I think that would be heavily like a. Ra- I think if they could make, it's not rated R, but like. Was it TVMA? I think sure. that would be your TVMA if they made it that way. I don't even think you need to do TVMA. I think you just make it. I mean, it's not like I they're having it's... sex on the bridge. No, no, no. I just think that there would be. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna want to show that that they're they have this ability to separate work and their personal lives when they're on duty together 
and they have the ability to join back again and be a couple, be in, in love couple. Yeah. Are we, we going to get back together at the end of the season? Are we going to see them as a couple again? Or are they just no, like, I don't nah. think so. I think nah. they're done. That's a bummer. We barely got to see them as a couple. I'm calling it right now. Rafi's going to die. Oh, you think so? I think Rafi's going to die. I'm a little concerned Jordy's going to die. I swear, if that happens, so help me God. <laughs> I'm writing off Star Trek forever. I have I have no basis for that theory. It's just a <laughs> thought that came into my head before we started recording where I was like, Oh, what if he's dying? Oh, that would break my heart. Because he got we got both of his kids being introduced in the next season to in the next episode too. Next episode, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I I think that there should be a show set after this, after mm-hmm. the season, no matter what, because I think that there's a lot of space you can go in. Um <laughs> space. Um there's a lot of places you could go with uh, a Star Trek show set in this time period, and it would further what you know star trek always was meant to be which was just kind of keep going further keep going further in the timeline keep doing new ships new species new things and you can there is a happy medium between what strange new worlds does and what star trek picard does and i think you can find that and i have no reason to think that the current showrunner of star trek picard terry metallis isn't the person for the job i think that he could probably he clearly has ideas he's he's campaigning for a new star trek show Mm mm-hmm I think that we can move this story further without the legacy characters. I agree. I agree. And I think it, we kind of have to, in order to keep Star Trek afloat, since we're not sure. getting any more discovery, it's like all we have left is a legacy character of strange new world. So we're going to need more than just that to happen. Right. And if you think about it, like all we have left are prequel shows after discovery yeah. and Picard are done, all we have left are and discovery started as a prequel show, which is so weird to say. Um, but like strange new worlds is a prequel. Technically lower decks and, and prodigy are both set in a time period that would constitute it a prequel. Yes, I agree. Cause they're set in the early 20, 2380s and mm-hmm. we're now in 2401. So yes, we, so we need just, something happening now. We need something to to go to go further. Forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I've said it before when like Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery was canceled, but like Strange New Worlds has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. The moment they hit the original series, that show is done. Game over. Exactly. So you gotta. So if you want to keep live action Star Trek alive, and I hope Paramount does, mm-hmm. um, in, I think this is where you put it. It's you set it after Star Trek Picard, and you you move it forward with the Titan. Sounds good. I definitely agree. Not to that was fun. <laughs> not to jump back to um, to Worf or anything. How did you feel about now getting Worf's handler and the same kind of reaction that Worf was doing to Rafi is what's happening to him, kind of being turned down and saying, "No, you can't do this and you can't do that." We understand why later on. It seems that because of Starfleet being infiltrated from like the top working its way down with mm-hmm. potential changelings, this person that's behind behind the screen who's not, who's talking, who's the handler could very well be somebody who is a changeling and just kind of giving them the runaround. We don't know. Well, but it's, we know it's Roe. Do we? Yeah, that's Roe because she says, she says, find another way. So she okay. can't get them access to Daystrom Institute, but she's not telling them to say it to to not go to Daystrom. She's okay. telling them to find a, find another way. Because I know at the end, without jumping too far, we do get that visual screen pop up, and yeah. nobody expected 
the other person on the side. I just thought it was more of Worf was just in communication, not knowing that Worf had access to view her. And if that's the case, why didn't well, she go? Even Worf in that scene says to says what happened to Commander Rowe. Yeah, you're right. What happened to the Commander Rowe? Um, it must be weird because Worf is technically a captain. Yes. Yeah. He was taking orders from a commander. For sure. That's definitely sucks. Anyway, um, I don't actually think Worf has an official rank in Starfleet right now. Is he is he officially still part of Starfleet or is he kind of like working off the books? Not really. He says it in the first the time we meet him like properly. He says that our that Starfleet and his interests align. just align. Yeah. OK, so he's not he's not part of Starfleet. Um, and I don't think he probably will be. Okay, I think his his place in Starfleet is really strange if you consider Nemesis. Star Trek okay. Nemesis, because he's back on the Enterprise, I mean, for the wedding, but mm-hmm. he became an ambassador to Kronos at the end of Deep Space Nine, which is set before Nemesis. Okay. So he's technically shouldn't be in Starfleet anyway. Anyway, yeah, at all. Okay. Makes sense. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so uh Worf and Raffi are like, okay, well, let's go find Let's go find some, some some let's go find this this gangster. There's a interesting there's a couple of uh uh shout outs. Morn gets a shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh and his his list has like Morn and Brunt and um uh the guy from freaking this guy, Okana, um something Okana. He's been showing up in the in Prodigy, but he was um before this he was in Next Gen for like an episode. But anyway, doesn't matter. Okay. Morn and Brunt. Great. Yes, love it. Once I saw Morn, I was like, "That's cool." Cool yeah. nod. And we know that Morn's a gangster because there's the episode where he fakes his death. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway. So good. Um. So, but the, I clocked the uh, portable emitter immediately. Really? Yeah. When Rafi sh- when Rafi walks up and I saw the, the triangle, I was like, "Oh, portable hollow see- emitter." <laughs> I didn't catch it, but I just. It, it, exactly what kind of happened. I just everything kind of was a puzzle that just automatically fit, 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 all yeah. the way up to Worf even doing his little fight. And no one would believe. Like I, no one yeah, thought no. that Worf is dying. No, not um, at all. It was a nice like you know this was a good day to die, and that was yeah, that was all was, cute. Um, and then the the bit when he's telling is I have mastered the KLS technique of actually let's hurry this up. I've lost a right. lot of blood. <laughs> It was it was definitely a fun a fun way like a fun little skit that yeah I think most most people were kind of in on yeah the the problem the problem with these scenes is that all it comes to is that we now know how to get into Daystrom Institute we didn't need all of this yeah no to get there we just didn't it just felt like we were just kind of okay well we gotta we gotta pad the time so we can get them to so we can get them to uh the next episode which will be them on the titan with Riker and picard mm-hmm. i was like okay fine um and and like going back to roe we do learn some new things about how the changelings are have infiltrated high members of starfleet there's um well, you know what? I you know, I take that back. We do learn new things because we learn that the changelings have evolved. Yes. Or specifically the not, changelings. Yes, that was through um was that through Row? That wasn't through Row though. No, that wasn't through Row, but that was Beverly. That was Beverly. Beverly. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
we get we get uh, Crusher and the Titans uh, medical officer now now Team being together now being buddies. Yeah. Um, I really liked I really like them together. I know that she only gets like one line of dialogue. Not yeah, Beverly, the other girl. Yeah, um, yeah. she's a trill, by the way. I think that's, that's this thing that's cool. Um, there we get like um, I really like them working together because Beverly is is just like okay, well, I'm going to do this. Wait, this has blood. What? Yes. How is this possible? Yes. Why did and like the question that we asked? Why didn't it turn into goo when it died? Exactly. Um, and the and it turns out that not only can they shape shift to match their body, but, uh, but, as well. but the internal organs as well, which makes them far more dangerous. Yes, because they can pass certain like protocol to get onto a ship. Yeah, and they uh, the normally when in Deep Space Nine when you would like okay are we all changelings okay let's let's put some blood on the table see what happens and that's what that was another thing that happened that Ro did because one we don't have her earring we have yeah. her using a ship to get onto um, Picard's ship or Shaw's ship so that's two things and then we have her slice her hand and it's like we see her slice her hand but at the same time we're seeing that. They have the ability to go and shapeshift themselves to a totally different stage. Yeah, what, so you're still what, lost. You're like, is she? What? What? What's such an interesting scene is because Picard is now calmed by that, but us, the audience, is ahead of Picard and what we know. Correct. So yeah. we're we're not calmed by the by the revelation that she has blood, but Picard is. Yes. So it's really interesting to see like Picard is like, oh, you know, it's just it's just facts and blah blah blah, and then he learns the 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 the, the what we already know that they can pass the blood test. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part of this episode are their scenes together, Rowan and Picard. Yes, there. Unfortunately, it had to be in in ten forward, but the the fact that they had A freaking that freaking bar. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm wearing the shirt. What am I talking yeah, right? about? But still, it's still like it it it's not to and to me, it's not really a bother. Because they paid money for that bar. It's a good bar. You want to yeah. use it. But it's just really funny that they keep finding ways to go into that damn bar. For sure. For sure. It was it was definitely though, it was really good. And it was it was nice to see Picard still have his like his wits about him. Because yeah. when he went into the bar, he immediately went for two drinks and he automatically hit a switch to turn off <clears throat> excuse me. To turn off the safety protocol so that he could actually do some damage if needs be. And if this is in fact a changeling. Yeah. Um, because he, because I mean, Rose acting weird and he doesn't know why, but we know that Rose, if this is Rose, then she just doesn't trust Picard either. Yeah. Cause she, because she says like, I don't trust anybody. I don't know who on the Titan, who on the uh, intrepid intrepid is a, is a changeling. I like, mm-hmm. I don't even trust the captain. The captain could be a changeling. Yeah. Um, and like we, we learn, we see her when like, she's like, okay, well, I believe that there are changelings in every sphere of Starfleet going up to the top. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this way? Because the security protocols for Frontier Day have not been granted to me, and I'm a security officer. And that's been, and so that's kind of her, her kind of like, like aha moment. Yeah, the, like she's been following this conspiracy <clears throat> for a while, and she is right because the mm-hmm. the the, but like. But she's also 
she 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 is right, but like Star- no one in Starfleet will ever will ever believe her. Not just because there are people guarding people like Janeway who probably aren't aren't a changeling, which gets a shout out, which is nice. Yes. Um. Uh. Or or like that, where people are, where people are are deliberately burying this changeling idea because like at this point in Starfleet's history, they have no reason to believe the changelings would ever come back. Correct. Yeah. So they have this idea. Well. You know, now after the synth ban is lifted, Starfleet is ready to get back to old ways. We're we're Starfleet again. We're going back and we're we're going to explore the galaxy. We're we're not a military. Blah blah blah. No one can stop us now. No one's coming to get us. We've made peace with Romulans, with the Klingons. The Changelings are gone. The Dominion are gone. We're good, baby. We're we're solid. We're ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. And then the Changelings come back and they're like, No, they didn't. Yeah. Like they're in they're in heavy denial of that happening. Yeah. So like there's a sense of like the changelings are burying their own involvement in this because they can, but mm-hmm. also the people who aren't changelings don't want to believe that this could be true. Yeah. Because how could it be? How could the changelings infiltrate us? They didn't even infiltrate us last time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it, yeah. the reveals that do kind of happen, the subtle reveals like that are what made this episode, I think, for me, very enjoyable, and mm-hmm. having Ro and Picard just like duke it out was for me was very refreshing. And just to see them go back and forth and just lay it all on the table, and you see, you see so much emotions in their eyes and their their, their demeanor and their voices. It was it was really really for me. It was very breathtaking on how Ro articulated her her sadness, but her love. And her pain at the same time for Picard. This is the best acting I've seen Patrick Stewart do on this show since it started. And he was standing up. I don't know if you noticed that. He was, he was standing up. up. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. I like pointing out when he's standing up or sitting down. Uh, they find him. They find him a chair later in the episode. Yes, they do. Um, a few times actually. But when he's holding the phaser to Roe and Roe's holding the phaser to him, they start battling. And neither of them are going to pull this trigger. They know that, but they're. They, but they, they are having a discussion that Picard says, "I have been rehearsing this for thirty years." Thirty years, yes. And, and he pulled out his Bajoran on her. Yeah, and like he's he's been ready for this. He's wanted to confront her with this because he says it's it. Written. You broke my heart. Yeah, that was that line. I just got chills. That line broke mine. Like frankly, yeah, it was- like. This is an argument that not only has Picard been rehearsing for 30 years, but the audience has also been wondering if we'd ever get. Yeah. Um, Because the way Riker left Roe in that very same episode was very different than the way that Picard left Roe in that episode. Because Picard, like, he maybe won't admit it, but he had romantic feelings for her and, and vice versa. And there was... There's a sense that even like in this episode, they don't outright admit that's what that was, but you get a sense that like Picard's like, there was more. There was yeah. you were special to me. I I I loved you. You broke my heart when you when you betrayed me. You didn't betray Starfleet. You betrayed me. Yes. And when when you see like her eyes kind of rebuttal and say like, you broke my heart just as much. Like I yeah. was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I always yeah. thought Picard's way. Because like the like Riker even puts it out on the table. It's like you knew she didn't. You knew that she would sympathize with the Maquis. You sent yeah. her there, you knowing sent her there. that that would be the case. And and you 
wanted to mold her in this thing. And Rose says it like again, like you wanted me to be you, and I yeah. I couldn't live up to that. There was just no way. And I and later in the episode when she says, "I wish you could have seen me these past thirty years. I wish we could have oh, known each other." That right there, I was just sitting there. I might even joking with you. My eyes started to gloss instantly. I just like, oh baby, me too. This is the second time like Picard has not witnessed his son's life, and then potentially his his pupil, who he definitely you can tell he definitely has feelings for her, intimate feelings, and vice versa. It's like he lost out on thirty years of opportunity to potentially spend with her, and it just it broke my heart to see that happen, and. Picard plays it off very well when he sits back. I know we'll get to it, but when he sits back down in the chair and he's just mourning, mm-hmm. oh, beautiful acting. The whole the the whole argument is is something that I I I I, I could the, the value of this episode is not honestly in what further it does for the plot, and I admit on a macro scale, looking at this as a ten episode series as a ten episode as a ten episode season halfway through and there's not a lot of information in this episode okay sure yes and i acknowledge i said that and that is an issue but the stuff with roe is frankly incredible yes it it makes up for the lack of development with the story by showcasing just sheer ability to perform and perform well yeah perform their 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 duties as far as an actor to their old character that they have not played in so long. Like Ro hasn't played that character in so long. Riker hasn't played. Riker had a little hiccup, but he got it smoothed out. Now we yeah, have he's, Ro. Ro. He's good. He's good he in is. this season. Ro had no hiccup. She was in there like swimwear. Well, she's also been acting uh, this whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unlike unlike Jonathan Frakes, who who turned to mostly directing. Directing, correct. But um, one of the things that like. If you're going to do an episode like this, where it's like, okay, we need an episode that's just going to catch up Picard and Riker to where the audience already is. We need to get them so that they're going to connect with the B plot, and then the B plot and the A plot can now be the one one. plot. Correct. Uh, Okay, well, how do we do this? Let's do it through the lens of an old character coming back, but it's not a friend. So it's not like, oh, if Jordy shows up, I don't know how Jordy's going to be in the show, but like if... If Jordy or if, like if Riker shows up, uh, yeah. right? Was like, oh, Riker, my bit, my big friend. Oh, we're gonna hug. Oh my goodness, that's not what Roe is. Roe's not no. a character. Like, oh, Picard. Oh, yeah. Roe, let's hug. Let's. Oh my goodness, how have you been these past thirty years? Oh, I've been swell. <laughs> like that's not what we're going to get with Roe Laren. Mm-hmm. So it creates a lot of really interesting drama that I just think I think the smart move. Well, frankly, the smart move would just be like, okay, well, Worf calls them and then they pick him up and they're Bob's your uncle. You're done. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do it this way, I think this was a pretty strong way to do it. For sure. For sure. Um, I really. The two man, the two change, the, the changelingest changelings in the whole show. Um, those two changelings that show up with Roe immediately. I clocked them as changelings. <laughs> That that was me. Instantly, the just the demeanor, the walk. I was like, "Yep, it, it's it was cliche." I knew it was going to happen, but I just I was like, "Let me just enjoy the ride. I'm along for the ride." But the way that Jack demonstrated this ability, this hidden talent, hidden ability, 
it really was like, I don't know, it was just like a, a light switch on for him. And that mystery of what's going on in his brain, his PTSD that he has, is so intriguing to me. I want to know what it's about. That this is the one this is the one that bugged me the most though. As far as the non-answers we get in the show, the big one the as far as the non-answers we get in this episode, the big one is that we don't learn anything new about Jack. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jack's whatever is going on with Jack is interesting, but I need it to progress. I need mm-hmm. it to kind I need it not to be a tease anymore. And we get a lot of Jack in this episode just kind of hallucinating killing the crew. All right, that's all well and good. And Beverly seems pretty oblivious to it all. But I don't know. It didn't. For me, the Jack stuff was the weakest part of the episode. As cool as that John Wick moment was at the end of the episode, <laughs> uh, th- that that to me is like I didn't need him walking, wandering around the halls and pretending and imagining that he's killing a bunch of crew members. And I, for me, I think that that was also a very weak point. Was when Seven gave him a uniform and he and she just left him. It's like, hey, you can blend in, you can get around. It's like, okay, but you need to be hiding, dude. You shouldn't be walking around. Like that's not how you blend they in. Have, they have his face, like yeah, just sitting there chilling. Like I was like, come on, man, you, you know better than that. And then to walk over to the transport station, it's like, what are you thinking? What are you What are you planning on doing? Like you're just gonna beam off where in the middle of space? <laughs> right? Is there a planet close by? No, <laughs> we're in the middle of space. Yeah, I, that for me just was really odd. Why he walked over there? And I don't know if it was like his hallucination brought him to that point, and then he just woke up and he's like where am i like he has this schizophrenia type of ordeal so let me ask you because you often ask me questions (laughs) sure uh what do you think is going on with jack i think what is your what is your current theory i think that he was taken as a kid because when you see that wooden door it it's not like a spaceship door it's wooden Mm -hmm. it's like a normal earth style door to me and for me that kind of rings in a different sense and we hear this constant voice of like come back to me come back to me it's beverly's if you watch the if you watch the 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 subtitles it's beverly's correct so when i see that it's like okay maybe it has to do with like him being abducted and he's trying to find his way back to beverly and this is almost like the father-son moment because we have picard in season two going through those same motions in his mind of remembering what he had as a child but it was an altered memory that he never actually fully took grasp of until he actually sat down and really let loose his emotions so maybe this is the same concept father and son connection so i didn't consider that so what you so theoretically you could what you're saying is that the changelings because there's clearly a connection to vatic somewhat yes somehow kidnapped jack when he was a child Mm mm-hmm and maybe programmed him. And that's what we're seeing is the programming. Kind of like tweaking out a little bit. It's almost like the the what's it, the Russian codes that you have? The sure. Blue Jay. But then, yeah. But then why does why but why does Vatic want Jack? Wouldn't she maybe, want him to be in the ship? Maybe because they want to extract something from him. It's just like if you were looking mm. at Winter Soldier, they they always wanted Winter Soldier back because he is like this key to be in an ultimate weapon. 
And it's like once you can control the ultimate weapon, you're good because you no longer have a changeling doing these actions. You now have a human doing these actions that can fully infiltrate into whatever. And the fact that it's Picard's son is just the icing on the cake. It's like this is an admiral's son. You can get away with a lot. Sure. I think he's a changeling. You think so? Yeah, I don't think he's actually their kid. That would that would suck. That would be like one of those what's like Twilight. Spoilers if you haven't seen Twilight, the last one. Oh my but god. Like, Spoilers for Twilight, guys. Fighting <laughs> <laughs> down the hatches. <laughs> but like the giant end, and you have this epic battle happen. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's like, really? You guys suck. So like, I like that. I, I like that. that to be. I have only seen, have I told you, have I told you this story because you brought this up? I have only seen two Twilight movies in theaters. Actually, really? ever. I've only okay. seen two Twilight movies ever, and both of them were in theaters. The first and the last. How was that reaction in the theater when everybody witnessed that happen? Man, I will never forget being in the theater, watching that se- watching that last Twilight movie, not understanding a word that's going on, not <laughs> understanding anything about this movie, kind of having a good time too about it. Like I'm just, I'm kind of rolling with it and kind of like, all right, this is kind of whatever. Bunch of girls around me screaming their 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 heads off because Taylor Lautner's name showed up. Um, and like, and so like, so I'm like, I'm thinking that oh, it's so much, it's it's kind of funny. Then the battle happens. And everyone in the audience is mouth agape and shocked. And like, what is going on? Because like everyone here has read the book, except for me, (laughs) who is like so into this battle being like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And like, in fairness, it's really cool. It is. Um, and, and then like, and it's so, like, everyone is like, oh my God, oh my God. And after people are dying, oh my God. Like you can hear the gasp in the audience. Like it was the most verbal audience I've ever been in. And I've been to every Marvel midnight premiere. <laughs> and then it was revealed to be a dream. Yes. Or foreshadowing. The, the next minute of the movie, you couldn't hear over the sound of the audience. Just screaming and crying and just like (laughs) what oh my god and i'm just clapping i'm laughing i was like this is brilliant this is great (laughs) oh that's too funny that is hilarious honestly honestly one of my favorite movie theater going experiences (laughs) oh that is that is fantastically funny i'm not gonna lie if i saw that here i would be upset though Sure. Yes. I mean, it's kind of all about execution for me. Like if you, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, like if you um, were like, yeah. no, I know. No, I remember oh. it now. Um, I just thought I was telling you a fun story about twilight. <laughs> um, if you wanted to do that, it's gotta be executed well. Mm-hmm. And there are many ways where it could not be executed well. And I think at this point, we've kind of gotten to the point where we're accustomed to this being Jack's, to this being Picard's son, uh, Beverly and Picard's son. And I think the way that you do it, and I thought a lot about this, I think the way that you do it is that there is a Jack Crusher. This one's the changeling, though. Okay. And they took Jack and replaced him with a changeling. Okay, I can see that. If that's the case, changelings don't need to eat. 
Granted, they have. When do we see? When do we see Jackie? Well, I'm no. I only say that because Jack has been with Beverly on their little small ship for however many decades, uh-huh. doing all this medical stuff, and it's like, okay, if that's the case. But then again, where we've come to the realization that hey, they have evolved, and their organs inside have evolved. Sure, so maybe- and this this changeling might not know he's a changeling. Yeah, and that. Like you can have you can have it that way, and I'm not even sure if I 100% believe this this theory that I just concocted. Um, but like the it would kind of seem plausible of what we're seeing about about Jack's uh, interaction. Like he instinctively knew that they were changelings. He says that he mm-hmm. didn't, but there was something inside of him that was like, "This is a changeling, kill it." Yes. Um, Whoa! And like, right. Sorry, and so like just you connecting those dots now, it, it can it, it's plausible. Right. And so like a changeling, it can identify a changeling. And, and yes, um, and and he was and also he was the only person to even go to changeling. Like I didn't even see a changeling when he punched yeah. the dude's face. I was like, oh, it's a shapeshifter. Yeah. There are other shapeshifters in Star Trek. Are there? There are. Yeah. We've seen them in the original series. That was decades. That was centuries ago. And even in the next generation, there's a change. There's not a changeling. There's a shapeshifter. Um, this the girl. This is an old episode, so so if you don't remember this one, it's fine. There's a girl who has a nanny who's a shapeshifter. Girl who has a nanny. Uh, it's like this little girl. She's on the ship, and and everyone's like, "Oh, well, let's let's be friends with this little girl." No, it's a, not a little girl. It's an adult woman who's in relationship. Who's like really likes Riker, and Riker is like, "Oh yeah, okay." And then this this old lady yes. like shapeshifts yes. into a yes. monster. Yes. So I so I thought, oh, it's a shapeshifter. I didn't immediately go to Changeling. Uh, but Jack did. Jack said mm-hmm. there's a changeling on board. So I'm like, okay, well, if this is the idea that like, okay, well, he can identify changelings almost instinctively, and then he can say, and then if he doesn't know he's a changeling, then that then that creates the idea of like, okay, well, there is a Jack Crusher out there and the and they, they gotta rescue him. This is also a show about, you know, we don't know who we can trust. And if you don't reveal one of the characters to be a changeling, you kind of wonder, okay, well, can you trust anyone? Yeah. Um, which is the answer is yes, because you could trust all your good friends because they're all not changelings. Um, or and I don't need to question them. Right. And I don't think it would do this show any good. There's a theory. I don't know if you've heard this theory that Riker is a changeling. And I don't think it does anybody any good to go on that theory because here's the problem when this is kind of the same problem when everyone was talking about secret invasion, revealing that Captain America was a scroll, mm-hmm. um, which isn't going to happen um, there. You lose the interpersonal relationships and all the character development that has happened. If you reveal that one, that it was all a lie. Yeah. So then you kind of start from zero and I don't think that would be worth it in a show like what we're seeing when it's all about these characters reconnecting. So it doesn't make sense for me to have Riker be a changeling if he's like, hey, I left Deanna and I didn't like, you know, and I wasn't feeling anything, you know, that monologue that he has in the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, no, the last episode. Um, and he and so like if he's revealed to be a changeling, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. If but Jack's yeah. revealed to be a changeling... That no makes connection. 
Right. He doesn't, he's still, he's not really connecting with Picard on any real meaningful level, not any on any like deeper personal level. He's trying, but he's still really closed off. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because he can't. Maybe that's because he's a changeling. There, there was a moment where Beverly actually talks to him because he's just sitting there haunted after he killed the changelings. And he has like the sunken eyes and she's like, you haven't slept. Yeah. And she goes and says, do you remember when you were a child, you used to have nightmares? And he's he says, like, no, no I, don't, I don't remember. And I was, so that's another little tell of potentially he could be a changeling. And again, I'm not hanging my hat on this theory. This is just, this is just a yarn I've decided to spin. Um, but I do think the evidence is there. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if in a couple episodes it's revealed that he is a changeling. Only to then say there is a real Jack Crusher. Yes. Because I think that's the important part. There needs to be a real Jack Crusher. That that would remind me of Mad Eye Moody in in uh, Harry Potter. Sure, or when even when Bashir was a, was replaced yes. in DS Nine. Yeah. Very true. That was um, that was a better pull than than Mad Eye Moody from Harry Potter. Two different worlds. So that was a really good reveal, though. It was when Bashir shows up in the Dominion camp. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> Very much so. But this this episode. As as unfulfilling as it was for plot, it was beautiful for just storytelling as a whole. I think there's a lot of really good character moments in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice. Is re- I, we didn't talk about it, but it's really fun to see Michelle Hurd and and Michael Doran fight. Yes. They do it twice in this episode, and it's just fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I want to run. I, I think that let's talk about Rose' sacrifice. Yes. Because I was sobbing. I I was definitely very emotional because I I I also had a little little crush on her. I mean, she was gorgeous back in the day. I mean, she, oh, yeah. she was a BA woman, cut off sleeves. I was like, I like this girl. But seeing her come back and you're you're almost like you're teleported to your next generation childhood memories of watching Next Generation. So I I fell right into that trap of someone has to die and for all your legacy characters to live on. It wouldn't be the show that it should be unless somebody died. Yeah. And I think that Rose death, it hurts. Like I won't, I won't lie. It hurts. And it serves to do a few things in the story, which is like, you know, drive home Picard's Picard and Rose conversation, you know, what Picard says, I do see you. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh. Um, that kind of, you know, that, yeah, it like, seriously, like I was at the end of season two of Star Trek Picard, when Q dies, I was a mess. Oh yeah. Like I was sobbing when that happened. And then when, and the same thing with Ro die, like dying, like Ro as a character doesn't have the, the lengthy breadth of, of history that all, any of these other characters do. But, she is such an interesting character and she always was. And mm-hmm. to see her kind of, you know, come in as this, as this like security officer who's like, Hey, there's, there's a problem happening in Starfleet. And then that problem kills her. Yeah. Heartbreaking. And Very much. the last conversation that she and Picard has were, were, were even like, even like before she leaves the Titan where he's like, you need to take the ship and run. Mm-hmm. Like, just leave. I've left yeah. you a skeleton crew. Get the hell out of here. 
And then when she leaves, when she when she's leaving and the, the two changelings leave. And she I mean, could she have turned back and the, and the Titan could have saved her? Maybe. But I think it's a more impactful scene to see her do that sacrifice right. and have Picard have to have to just come to terms with all these feelings he's been bottling up for 30 years. Like he he's like, OK, well, now I have time to reconcile with you. Now he doesn't. Yeah. Now he's like, I bro, I do see you. I love you. I, I'm sorry. This is I, this is not how I wanted this to end. And he and Picard, and Patrick Stewart delivers again some of the best acting in the in this show that he's done so far yes uh and we watched him die two seasons ago like <laughs> he's so good in the season um and, and then roe makes a sacrifice play and all the while shaw is gobsmacked he's just like i'm confused yes weren't you guys leaving my ship <laughs> <laughs> why are you still here why are people still dying and he's he even says like when 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 Picard shows up on the bridge and he's like, Hey, we need to run. We need to just go. And, and Shaw's like, get this guy off my bridge. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Uh, and he's just like, I don't care about this anymore. And he has this whole thing where, where the, the whole, when, when Rose death happens, Shaw is kind of sitting there. Like, is it like, almost like it's a, it's a too late moment. Like I'm in the middle of this now. It's not my fault that I am, but there's but no he- turning back there's no turning back i'm the captain of the ship and he's like i'm not turning these i'm not turning these people into fugitives yeah and and Riker's like we have no choice it's either yeah. that or we all die he's like look at look outside your viewport look out your you'll see what's going on and they're ready did you have you ever seen a more angry looking starship and it was and it was beat up and it, it, it was like that that slow pull to look to face the Titan is one of yeah. the most intimidating forms of display I've ever seen from a starship. This is an it, inanimate object, right? It, 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 for me, it felt like I was in a like a boxing match with Mike Tyson, and I punched him too hard, and he looked up at me like, "Did you just hit my face?" One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was scared. It's exactly that moment, and Shaw's like, "Look, like." And the and like the thing the the intrepid is, t- is signaling us to surrender and shaw's like why why would we yeah. surrender and Riker immediately goes in there like picard's down picard is emotionally compromised Riker goes into captain mode and he's like we need to get the hell out of here that yeah. ship the changelings on that ship are going to frame us for this they're gonna accuse us exactly we need to go and shaw and shaw has like he's trying to talk to, to shaw like captain to captain n- not not legend to Captain, Novice. he's talking captain to captain. Like, if you want to save this ship, if you want to save Starfleet, we need to get the hell out of here. This isn't about ego. This is yeah. about our survival. For sure. And yeah, that, they, they take off. And then we get, we do get Riker and Picard in this really cool moment where Riker shows off the Bajoran earring to oh, oh, yeah, we, sorry, Picard's ships. Yeah. We, Bajoran earring, which is nice yes. that, that he, she did have it, and she was using it as a data key to keep her entire investigation, which is why she didn't have it on her. Yes, which that was a really cool reveal, and it, it brought a smile to me. It was like if we bring, if Roe comes back, she better have her earring. And even though she didn't have it on, it was a nice touch that they utilized the earring in such a way that still was a data chip, and there was so much files of everything. So these guys are gonna have a lot of work ahead of them to decipher all that information and come up to a conclusion on 
who's on the naughty list and who's on the good list. Well, what's really nice about the next episode is that what we know so far is that what we know the episode ends with Riker, Picard, Riker and Picard seeing Worf, and that's really great. I'm really glad to see uh, Picard's like Mr. Worf, and he's so happy to see him. <laughs> and 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 Worf's like, "What are you guys doing here?" Yeah, and they're like, um, we, "We're in the same exact shocked as you are." What's really nice is that we've seen the set photos. They're going to pick them up. They're going to pick up uh, Worf and Rafi, and they're going to go to Dacian's Institute, which means we're probably getting a heist episode, and I'm in for it. That means that there's a potential we can get a LeVar Burton in there. Oh, he's in the next episode. We've seen the set photos. I, I, I just, I'm just putting that out there, though. The fact that we are getting him, and he's not dying. He's going to stay alive. You guys make I'm sorry. I'm alive. really sorry I put that in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. It, it's okay it's okay um yeah we're gonna meet his oldest daughter and we're gonna see him see him again uh the we got a we got a picture not i keep saying set photos but it's not his promotional photo of his desk and there's the there's a mini zeph from cochran statue yes i saw that that was so cool that was cute yeah um at this point the preview for the for this next episode, this upcoming episode, has me optimistic that we are still going to continue on this momentum and we're not slowing down and we're not going the way of season two, which really just unraveled by the end. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm still hopeful. Same here. I'm looking forward to this next episode and I'm looking forward to more of the mystery kind of being solved so that we get to a finite point on how to conclude this series yeah. and these characters. You know, I know we're going to see LeVar next episode and I'm hoping we're going to see, we're probably going to see lore next episode too. It's just, I don't know this for sure. I just that my theory. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we see Deanna soon, like actually not on a view screen. Yeah. Um, but you know who I actually want to see? And I didn't realize I wanted this until recently. I actually want to see their daughter. I want to see Kestra again. Okay. I want to see Riker be Riker and Deanna be parents again. We mm-hmm. got it in season one and I was happy about that. But like sometime in this season, I think we need to like, we need to bring in Kestra. And even so like, Oh, what do you think Worf sacrificed? His, his child. You think he sacrificed Alexander? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just joking. But I, I think he sacrificed his, his place in, in Klingon history. Oh, like maybe he sacrifices honor. Yeah, maybe he's done that before. He has a few times. I did, I know he did it for his brother. Yeah, Kern. Oh, you think we're gonna see Kern? No. Oh, if we cool. if we don't see Alexander, we better not see Kern. I can believe we'll see Kern before we see Alexander. That would be too funny. I. I mean, I have a wish list of all these characters. Look, I would love to see Sela, Kern, Alexander, Kestra. Um, there's all there's so many characters that I just I just it, it's a real bummer that this is the final season of Star Trek Picard, because like mm-hmm. if this was Picard from the start, then we could have had multiple seasons where we have other next generation characters coming into the plot and doing things like this. And that would have been really cool. Yeah. But Patrick Stewart wanted to do Logan again. So, whatever. He wanted to do Logan, except this time he was Logan. <laughs> um, <laughs> come out really slow. He has to take a breather. Yeah. Um. So I'm. Uh. Anyway, going back to like Kestra, like there's like 
I think we're going to see other next generation characters that we have don't that we aren't going to expect even by the end of this. I don't think in any sort of significant capacity like we saw Bro, but I think mm-hmm. in a capacity. Like maybe I don't know Will Wheaton. No, we saw him last season. They already got I, his no, I'm just joking. I'm just teasing you. Uh, although actually he, it would make sense for the season. Um it would be cool to see Jane Way because she gets a mention in this episode. Yes. I don't I think Prodigy's got her on lock. I don't think we're going to see her. Um we, you gotta you watch Prodigy. Get a young Cisco, Cisco's son, at least. Oh, maybe. Maybe he's no, like I don't think Dumbo. So. I don't think we're gonna see them. I, I I don't think we'll see the any any. I don't think we'll see Cisco. Ooh, maybe no. We won't see Quark. That'd be cool though. I was gonna say I, that was my next poll would be Quark. You know who I want more than anyone? Go ahead. You know you know what I will say. I'll say who I want and who I think should be in the show the nagus oh my god is that guy still alive <laughs> he better um, be dead <laughs> is wallace sean still alive i think um, he is he might be all right so who i want to see i want to see bashir more than anyone on d space nine i want to see bashir he, um, he would be he would be great i don't i think as far as d space nine characters go that would be really fun um there's also of course ezri dax but the one next generation crew, the one next generation character that we have not mentioned that one hundred and thousand percent deserves to be in the show, Miles O'Brien. I was I was gonna say it. I, and we better we better get his wife, Kiko. She has to be involved in it somehow. Just uh, them just walking on the street, just talking something. If Miles O'Brien isn't in this season, I will be legitimately shocked. That would be disrespectful. I won't even think. I won't even go that far. I'll just be shocked. No, it would be. Think about it. Like Miles had, he was a key component to so many episodes in Next Generation. He was sure. not. Yeah, he you're was, right. He was not like a third third wheel character. No, he was a main supporting character. Yeah, and then he moved over to Deep Space Nine. Correct. Where he was a main character. I Miles is a great character. Call Meany is a wonderful actor who everyone loved working with, and that's why he kept getting get, getting more stuff to do on the show. Yeah. I would love like the fact that we haven't talked that nobody talks about Miles O'Brien being in the show is really baffling to me. If he's not in the show, I'm not gonna say it's disrespectful. I'm kind of with you though, but like I don't wanna I don't wanna I know I don't want to I don't want to wish too hard, you know, and be disappointed. Um, I but I would I would be surprised because he I think more than anyone he deserves to be in it. And yeah. again, and again, look, all these characters that we're listing: Sela, Janeway, Kern. Um, gotta be really funny if we said Kern and not Alexander. <laughs> um, Ezri, Bashir, all these characters, Garrick, all these characters could show up again. If yes. they did a show set after this one, correct, very very that, much true. That's what I'm. That's kind of where I'm sitting. Where I'm like, you know, it wouldn't. Ju- it would be a good idea for Star Trek, and you would fulfill the desires that people wanted to see from this show in the from the jump. But then, like you said, if we bring back a lot of the legacy Deep Space Nine characters, they've already had a wonderful send off. Don't screw it up. Right, but you're not doing a D Space Nine episode. You're not doing a D Space Nine story. Like this is a next generation story. Okay. So, like in my hypothetical, Bashir is a guest star in one episode. I gotcha. Okay. Whereas Miles 
should be a main character in this show. <laughs> Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Makes sense. Okay. Um, that's why we're, that that's kind of where I've been pushing for another show set after this one because I'm like, well, if you want to have Esri Dax be around, then you have her guest star on an episode of a, of an of a show set in this mm-hmm. time period. Like it would be really easy to do and be really fun. Um, what's she doing? I don't know. Does she have a sitcom on TV right now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I I I I don't think Roe is the last next generation alum that we'll see. Mm-hmm. and i hope and i don't believe that we have enough time to give them give other ones that kind of that kind of like really like juicy Dude. yeah um uh meaty um scenes but if we do see any more i will be shocked if it's not miles o'brien unless we see like maybe i don't know miles is hanging out inside of um jordy's office they're just chit chatting talking it up and the thing comes on, like the little monitor comes on, and he's like, "Oh, input, like incoming message." You know what? He like, should. Hey, I got to take this. You know how they should bring back Miles? I just thought of this. Do you remember the episode of Deep Space Nine where they're on Earth and Miles mm-hmm. shows up? But where? How'd Miles get here? He's on Deep Space Nine. Yes. And he turns out that it's just a changeling pretending to be mm-hmm. Miles for a minute. That's how they introduce Miles. As a that's how they bring as a changeling, changeling Miles. <laughs> That would be that would I would I would smile and laugh, but deep down inside I'd be like, deep you down guys you cry. Easy way out. But like then you could reveal, oh, the the real Miles O'Brien is right around the corner. Yeah. Like he bumps into another Miles, like they just hit it. Yeah. Oops, sorry. I wonder what section 31 is doing right now. Are they trying right, to cover that, it's they... time to end the episode? If you're gonna bring section 31 <laughs> in this. <laughs> Hey, that TV show is still happening. Sorry, no, Oscar winning Oscar winning actress Michelle Yeoh. It is not happening. Oh, all man. right. Okay, so I guess that'll do it. I think we've exhausted all this thing. I just I really like talking to you about Star Trek. Okay, I appreciate it. Just and I up Section Thirty One. And I know I'm on borrowed time with you now, and so You're I'm good, trying. To you are good. Getting out. I'm just gonna quickly look through my notes. I wrote the intrepid looks pissed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm great. I, I'm i I'm loving it, man. Man, that Vulcan gangster is really cool. He was. That was really, that was a cool idea. All right. So that'll do it. Uh, Cookie, uh, thank yes, you sir. once again uh, for being a part of this journey with me. Um, I, I know that we, you know, we talked about it last week, last week, but I, I know I don't have much more time with you and it makes me sad. I am sorry. I am sorry. It's okay. I I understand. Give my best to your wife. Um, I I understand why it is, but you know, I've enjoyed doing this show. And it, and not only am I halfway through the this the best season of Star Trek Picard we've gotten so far, but I'm also halfway through with my time with you. It is. It's definitely uh, a sad, bittersweet moment type of thing. But I. That's not to say that the future. May not have like a guest little appearance here and there. Well, I'm like, hey man, I got an hour to kill. You want to do something? That's true. That's true. Um, and of course, you have an open invite to join me in whatever you want. Well, thank you, um, my friend. But that's enough. That's enough. Uh, uh, a man love for now. Um, <laughs> why don't you plug your stuff? Sounds good. Uh, you can find me on social media on Instagram, just little podcast. Uh, YouTube, just little podcast. 
Twitter, just podcasting. I just dropped a new video on my YouTube channel where I did a CGC unboxing, not of Star Trek, but of Star Wars, because I am a, also a diehard Star Wars fan as well. <laughs> so check that out if you get a chance. Um, leave a leave a comment or hit me up on Instagram. Say a quick hello. I'm always welcome to talk. Of course. Um, all right, so guys, that, that'll do it for this episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season three uh, again like i said we're halfway through and we're gonna keep going um you know maybe we'll get these out a little bit quicker um uh, as the as the weeks roll along because it's really hard not talking to you the moment i watch these things i'm sorry i am so sorry because i watched that I'm, I'm not kidding you it is a wednesday night tradition midnight rolls around i got a bo- i got a bowl of popcorn and i'm watching this episode really it's a it's a tradition for me Wednesday night at 12 o'clock, I am fast asleep because in a four and a half hours, I have to wake up for work. <laughs> I know. And I got to wake up for work also, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm watching right my there. Star Trek. Die hard right there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so this, 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 so this is Star Trek Picard for Fake Nerds Watch. There is um, the Last of Us Fake Nerds Watch series that my, my co-hosts were doing with our good friend Pi. Um, that's over. That's done. The Last of Us is done. So that Fake Nerds Watch is done. However, we have started The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, the second, the third season of The Mandalorian is out. And now is The Fake Nerds Watch. It is actually up right now. You can check it out. Uh, the first episode covers the first three episodes of The Mandalorian. We're going to be bunching them up because it's just a little bit easier on our schedule. I, I, I refuse to bunch up these episodes. So we got to bunch up The Mandalorian. Never. Uh, we've done it before. It's just a pain yes, in the ass. <laughs> Um, all right, so that so of course you can check out all sorts of other shows. If you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, you can check out, of course, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which are video games. Show- Excuse me, our video game corners um, of the of the of the things, Animation Station, Bigner Book Club, all shows you can find on this channel. Uh, they also have various audio feeds. If you want, if you're listening to this in audio, you can of course subscribe to those. Um, I have a show, Conversation, that is coming out in April so for its second season. I'm really excited, and I think p- people who listen to this should be really excited. And I think people who listen to podcasting in general should be really excited. It's 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 a good season, guys. I'm I don't mean to toot my own horn. It's a good season. Uh, Take it's it for worth, me. It's a great season. It's a it's worth the wait. It's the Star Trek Picard season three of Conversation. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's not that good. Um, I'm really excited for the season and I think you guys should be too. So out in April and I will announce a more permanent date in the probably actually this Sunday. So stay tuned. Speaking of Sunday, every Sunday night we go live on the Fickner podcast uh, channel. Um, and then the episode goes up on the next day. This past week we talked about Shazam fear of the gods. I did not get a chance to see it. So I was not part of that review. However, my co-host took over and, and did a wonderful review of that, of that movie this coming week. John Wick Chapter Four. I'm excited for John Wick. Um, Same. So if you want to join us uh, live every Sunday, we go. We we do that. It's the Victor Podcast. It's the Mothership Show. It's where all these shows come from. Uh, this coming week, we'll be talking about John Wick Chapter Four, and then after that, D and D, which I'm also excited for. So. Um, that'll do it guys. Um, of course you can find us on fake nerd podcast on all the social medias. We have, we have a T public, we have Patreon. You can find those links below. You can find everything on our fake nerd podcast website, fake There's a new show coming show. Number nine. We just announced it. The real score. Um, I forgot to mention that, uh, our, our new show, the real score is coming soon. 
um, where we're going to talk about film scores. The first episode of The Batman is coming out uh, r- relatively soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, more information on social medias. Again, Fakner Podcast on all the socials. I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me there. Uh, also writing for CBR.com, KaijuRamenMedia.com, and AtomicEatum.com. Cookie, where can they find you again? Just Little Podcasts on social media, on Twitter, Just Podcasting, and on YouTube, Just Little Podcast. Of course, uh, check him out. Check us out. And until next time you see us, guys, live long and prosper.